the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Joshua. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. Caleb steps forward. He goes, just a minute, Josh, just a minute. Before you go... Casting the lot and dividing all the land here to the nine and a half tribes on the western side of the Jordan River. I want to cash in my coupon. Moses gave me a coupon a long time ago. In fact, 45 years ago. I'm 85 now. And he promised me that the Lord had said to him, wherever my foot trods, uh, I am entitled to it. Can you imagine waiting 45 years to receive a promised gift? That takes a lot of faith. Do you think you would have given up on what was promised to you after 45 years? In today's message, Pastor Gary will remind you that God always keeps His promises. If your prayer hasn't been answered, you may think God has said no or not heard you. But maybe His answer is, not yet. God is the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He has your good in mind, so wait on Him. He is always faithful to His promises. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Joshua, chapter 14, with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. We're going through the book of Joshua. We've come to the place here in chapter 14, which basically deals with, and the chapters following, the division of the land. Remember that when God originally promised the land of Israel to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their descendants, uh, that they would uh, have 400 years of slavery in Egypt before they would really possess the land. And God miraculously delivered them out of slavery in Egypt after 400 years, brought them into the promised land. And then they, through a series of uh, military campaigns, will lay hold of the land that God had promised on oath to them. And the Israelites will defeat one king after another until they finally have taken possession of the land as God intended. And uh, as they begin to occupy the land in the section we're here in Joshua, the land begins to become divided according to the different tribes of Israel. Remember that as you study the formation of the Jewish people, that God formed this race of Jewish people out of nothing. They didn't exist uh, prior to God simply calling Abraham a Gentile 
pagan to follow after him and to go to a land that God would show him. Abraham was living in, if you look on a map today, it would have been Iraq. And God calls Abraham, Abram at the time, out of Iraq, leads him to the promised land. By faith, Abraham goes, not even knowing where he's going to end up. He comes to the place of Hebron in Israel, and it is there that God shows him, this is the land that I will give to your descendants. Well, Abraham has Isaac, Isaac has Jacob, and Jacob has 12 sons. And out of these 12 sons will come 12 tribes that make up the whole nation of Israel. Each of the Jewish uh, men and women belong to a certain tribe, and uh, depending on whatever son they descended from. Now, there's a little bit of a change within the 12 sons, and then we'll see it here in chapter 14. So I just want to uh, remind you again before we read this, that out of the 12 sons, um, not each of the 12 necessarily got a land allotment because there were two exceptions. Uh, the son Levi and his descendants, the Levites, were not given land because their inheritance was the Lord. They would be given Levitical cities, but they would not be given a territory of land. And the other exception is Joseph is one of Jacob's sons. And Joseph will actually receive a double blessing. And so Levi is removed from the twelve. As far as land allotment, Joseph is removed. Now you have 10, but two of Joseph's sons receive his inheritance. So uh, Ephraim and Manasseh then make out the 12. So there's a little bit of an exception there among the 12. But as we get into chapter 14, you'll see it spelled out a little bit uh, more clearly here. So two and a half tribes are going to get their land allotment on the eastern side of the Jordan River in what today would be the land of Jordan, the country of Jordan. You have the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and half of the tribe of Manasseh. The other half is going to live on the eastern uh, side of the uh, Jordan River, uh, sorry, the western side of the Jordan River. And so when you look at the other nine and a half tribes located on the western side of the Jordan River, the land allotment gets split up something like this. The only thing you have to worry about as we read through chapter 14 and 15 is the southern area that is given to the tribe of Judah. And you'll also note with me when we read chapter 14 that there's a particular region or city called Hebron that also is important for us to see as well. Uh, Hebron today is located in what would be called the West Bank, uh, but it is primarily a Palestinian territory. But uh, when God first distributed it, uh, you'll see it ends up going to Caleb in particular. So take a look here at chapter 14 now and look at verse 1. It says, these are the areas which the children of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which is what the land of Israel was called uh, prior to it being named Israel because the Canaanites were the principal people who occupied it. The land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel distributed as an inheritance to them. Their inheritance was by lot, as the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses for the nine tribes and the half tribe. So nine and a half on the western side of the Jordan River, two and a half on the 
eastern side that makes up the whole 12. Uh, By the way, notice there that they would cast lots to determine what tribe would get what territory. It is kind of like rolling the dice. And don't look at that and think, well, that's a biblical model. No, not really. Back in the Old Testament times, God would actually give favor. This was a way for them to discern the will of God and that God would actually use the casting of the lots as a way to communicate and speak and to confirm uh, his will. Uh, But when you get to the New Testament, casting the lots have been replaced by the giving of the Holy Spirit. Now you don't need to, you know, flip a coin to try to figure out God's will. Please don't if you do that. You know, don't, don't be flipping coins. What you need to be doing is getting on your knees and praying and asking the Holy Spirit to bear witness to your heart about what God's will is. Now we've been given his spirit so we can discern his will. In that day, before the Holy Spirit was distributed upon all flesh as it is today among those who accept Christ as Savior, they were relying upon another method for God to speak to them. And it was the casting of the lots or the rolling of of the lots here. And so that's how they figured out the tribal divisions here. And uh, it says in verse 3, for Moses had given the inheritance of the two tribes and the half tribe on the other side of the Jordan, but to the Levites he had given no inheritance among them For the children of Joseph, here we go, for the children of Joseph were two tribes. Here are his sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. So Joseph himself is taken out. His two sons are brought in. But because Levi is also taken out, you still have 12. But when you look at a map, you're not going to see Levi mentioned. You're not going to see Joseph mentioned. They're out, but Joseph gets a double blessing with Manasseh and Ephraim. And they gave no part to the Levites in the land except cities to dwell in with their common lands for their livestock and their property. As the Lord had commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. All right, now into verse 6, you're going to see a wonderful tribute to Caleb. And we're going to talk about him. I want to get through uh, chapter 15. I know it looks like a lot, but I'm going to be skipping a lot of the names that are mentioned there that give the boundary territory. So we'll get through it. But uh, take a look here at verse 6. It says, Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. Underline that in your Bibles or highlight it. It's going to be repeated two more times. I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day saying, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have, here it is again, wholly followed the Lord my God. And now... Behold, the Lord has kept me alive. This is Caleb still talking. As he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old. 
As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day, for you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. That's the end of his little spiel there. and says, And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day because he wholly, here's the third time, he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. We'll talk more about that. And the name of Hebron formerly was Kirjath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. Then the land had rest from war. All right. So I read a lot there, but let's back up and understand what we just read here. Um, Joshua is God's appointed man to be leading the Israelites at this particular time. He has succeeded Moses. Moses has gone on to be with the Lord and Joshua has led the military campaigns. And now he's also leading the distribution of the land allotment. And um, he's gotten uh, done with allotting the land on the eastern side of the Jordan River to the two and a half tribes, Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh. And now he's ready to cast the lot to divide the land for the other nine and a half tribes on the western side of the Jordan River. When before that happens, Caleb steps forward. He goes, just a minute, Josh, just a minute. Before you go... Casting the lot and dividing all the land here to the nine and a half tribes on the western side of the Jordan River. I want to cash in my coupon. Moses gave me a coupon a long time ago. In fact, 45 years ago. I'm 85 now. And he promised me that the Lord had said to him, wherever my foot trods, uh, I am entitled to it, and so I want you to give me, and what he ends up getting is Hebron. Now, I want you to notice before we talk more about that, that it says to us uh, back in verse 6 that Caleb was the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite. When you look at the times that we read about Caleb, the first time we're introduced to Caleb is Numbers chapter 13. Uh, then the last time we've heard of him is Deuteronomy chapter 1, and now here. The first time we're introduced to Caleb is in Numbers 13 when Moses selects one spy from each of the 12 tribes to do a recon mission into the promised land and come back and report what is there. What does the land look like in terms of topography and geography and particularly in terms of the people? What kind of people are there? Are they going to you know, be waging war against us? Are we going to have a difficult time fighting them and all this kind of stuff? One of the people that he chooses among the 12 spies is Caleb. He is of the tribe of Judah. His name in Hebrew, Kalev, means dog. So, I, you know... He must have been fierce, okay? He's a fierce fighter, as we will see here. I mean, the guy's 85, and he says, I'm still strong enough for war. So you know he's, you know, he's got that tenacity of like a dog, all right? So that's his name, Caleb, dog. And it tells us that his father's name was Jephunneh, there in verse 6, the Kenizzite. 
Now, this is interesting because in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 15 and verse 19, the Bible tells us that the Kenizzites were part of the tribal people who lived in the land of Canaan among the Canaanites, meaning that the Kenizzites were not Jews. The Kenizzites were pagan Gentile people. And that Caleb has descended, at least on his father's side, from the Kenizzites. So Bible scholars believe that at some point the Kenizzites became proselytes to Judaism. Uh, And it's a debate as to when that actually happened. This much we do know. Caleb was a slave in Egypt. So he had to have been numbered among the Hebrews when he lived in Egypt. So at some point prior to that, and Bible scholars think that, what happened was when the initial group of Hebrew people, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, went to Egypt initially to escape a famine in the land of Israel, that the Kenizzites, perhaps also living there in the land of Israel, in the land of Canaan, went with that initial group of Hebrew people to escape the same famine, to go down to Egypt where the Egyptians had a stockpile of resources, thanks in part to Joseph, one of the sons of Jacob. And so that at some point, the Kenizzites then intermarry and become proselytes among the Hebrew people. And what scholars believe is that Caleb's mother was probably among those of the tribe of Judah, that she was Jewish, and that clearly his father was a Kenizzite, and he was not Jewish. But he becomes a proselyte to Judaism because we see Caleb here is a part of the tribe of Judah. But again, more likely through his mother's lineage. Did you know that today, if you want to understand if you are actually Jewish, you trace your Jewish genealogy through your mother, not your father. It is traced through the mother because, in part, dads would die in war. And then it would be sometimes hard to distinguish what tribe do you belong to. So it was always distinguished through the mother today to determine what tribe one belongs to. Now, among the Jews today, because of the diaspora, the dispersion, and because of the Holocaust, most Jews today don't know to which tribe they belong, with the exception of the If you are a Jewish person with the last name Cohen or Levi, then it is probably likely that you belong to the tribe of Levite and that the name was preserved because Cohen means priest and that was part of the the Levitical line. Uh, But other than that, most Jews today don't know what tribe they belong to. Now, at some point in the future, um, the Jews do begin to understand uh, how it happens. We don't know. But when you read the book of Revelation that we studied just a few months ago, there are 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel that make up the 144,000 who are part of the witnesses that God uses. So at some point, again, the Jews will understand their tribal lineage. But presently, Jews today uh, rarely will be able to tell you what tribe they belong to. Caleb here is unique in the sense that his dad was a descendant among Gentile pagans, somehow became proselytes to Judaism, his mom likely of the tribe of Judah, and here Caleb is now uh, wonderfully incorporated into uh, Judaism. But he was a slave in Egypt with the Hebrew slaves. 
And he is one who comes out of slavery with the rest of the Hebrews when they were delivered out of slavery in Egypt. And the Bible tells us by Caleb's own testimony here, he was 40 years old when Moses tapped him on the shoulder to be a spy from the tribe of Judah to go into the promised land. And now it is 45 years later. So we can do a little math here and realize what happens is he's 40 when he comes out of Egypt because that's when he's a spy. He spends 40 more years wandering with the Hebrew people until an entire generation dies, except for himself and Joshua, who will go into the promised land. So he's 40 when he comes out. He's 40 more years in the Sinai, in the wilderness wanderings, and now he's 85, which means that the fighting we've been reading about in the first 13 chapters of Joshua covers about five years. He's 40 when he comes out, another 40 wandering in the wilderness, five more years of fighting, And so now he's 85, and he's ready to cash in his retirement plan. And he says to Joshua, I want you to select for me the land that I'm entitled to. And so he gets here Hebron. Now, uh, it's mentioned there in verse 13. And so Joshua blessed him, said, yes, you're right. Um, Moses promised this to you because the Lord said, uh, you are faithful And so you get Hebron. Now, um, again, today Hebron is part of the Palestinian area in the the West Bank. But Hebron has significant Jewish roots. As I mentioned at the top of the Bible study, when God led Abraham out of the Ur of Chaldees, out of Iraq, to the Promised Land, the first place that Abraham settles is Hebron. In fact, it will also be the place where Abraham is buried. Abraham and his wife, Sarah. Uh, Their son, Isaac. And his wife, Rebecca, are buried also in Hebron, as are Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jacob's wife, Leah. They're all buried in Hebron there. There is a tomb today, the tomb of the patriarchs, um, and it is supposedly the tomb where they are buried, but it, it is not clearly known whether or not uh, that's reliable. But we do know from Scripture that Abraham and Sarah... Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob and Leah are buried there in Hebron. So it it almost seems as if Caleb, um, you know, being this sort of proselyte to Judaism, Abraham himself was not a Jew. The Jewish race came from his seed. Caleb is like, you know, finding this similarity with, I want the land that our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob settled in and are buried in. This is where my foot has walked. This is where I want to lay claim. And so this is where he ends up living. Uh, By the way, about 400 years after uh, Caleb comes David. And King David will spend the first seven and a half years of his reign reigning from Hebron because Jerusalem is not yet taken from the Jebusites, as we'll see at the end of of uh, chapter 15. So let me keep reading into chapter 15. So this was the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah according to their families. And this is where we get into some lengthy stuff here. I'll only read a little bit of this. The border of Edom at the wilderness of Zin southward was the extreme southern boundary. And their southern border began at the shore of the Salt Sea, that's the Dead Sea, from the bay that faces southward. Then it went out to the southern side of the ascent of Akrabim, 
passed along to Zin, ascended on the north side of Kadesh Barnea, passed along to Hezron, went up to Adar, and went around to Karkah. From there, it passed toward Asmon and went out to the brook of Egypt, and the border ended at the sea. That's the Mediterranean. This shall be your southern border. The east border was the Salt Sea as far as the mouth of the Jordan. Okay, so Joshua keeps describing here the border the, and all of these names that I'm going to butcher, so I'm going to spare you from all of that. And then you can just jump to verse 12, where it says the west border was the coastline of the Great Sea. That's the Mediterranean. And this is the boundary of the children of Judah all around according to their families. Now verse 13. Now to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. So we're not done with Caleb here yet. He gave a share among the children of Judah according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, namely Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron. That's all we have for today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. If you'd like to listen to this message in the book of Joshua again, or if you'd like to explore other messages from Pastor Gary, just visit our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc. Under the teachings option, you can download our mobile app to stay connected with God's Word everywhere you go. While you're there, you'll notice our companion resources. These digital study guides give you some additional insight into some of the studies Pastor Gary has done. They are completely free for you to use. If this ministry continues to be a blessing to you and you want to listen to more teachings, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify so you never miss another message. Cornerstone Connection is a ministry out of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you in person, so come visit us. You'll find service times and more information about Cornerstone Chapel at cornerstoneconnection.cc. With that, our time with you has come to an end for today, so put a marker in your Bible right there in Joshua, and we'll plan to study the Word again next time. Thanks so much for listening to Cornerstone Connection. No place to go, but still you know, still you know you're not alone. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.